Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. for uh, paying attention to seat time this evening. What's going on there, Stephen? I was muted? I was muted. Man, Stephen is just pushing all the wrong buttons. We were even on time tonight, and we still screw up somehow. We do this for you guys. We make sure that y'all get the most fun uh, show possible. So, welcome to Seat Time, episode 128, this fine Tuesday evening in Texas, Central Time, 8 p.m. Um, we've got uh, Mr. Zach Hubert is going to be on with us this evening. We will then call in Mr. Nick Davis, and Zach Hubert and I will both... I would say the word caress him with questions, but that sounds a little too much like the show that I do on Thursday evenings, so we will just badger, badger him with questions. Uh, I think we'll get a lot of good discussions there. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who maybe do not know what Seat Time is, Seat Time is the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. If you just happen to be one of those guys that's really in to uh, dirt and wheels and getting muddy and goofing off off-road, this is definitely the show for you. I would imagine you are, well, uh, one of those people that might like to consume a few beers. If you're not, that's okay, too. This is still the show for you. You'll just enjoy it more if you're drinking because I become much funnier. How? And I look better, too, which works for all the ladies at the bar. That's how I got my wife. We were doing all kinds of shots. We got married in Vegas, and bam, we had a bunch of kids. I mean, that's not really how it happened, but again, if you were drinking, it would be really funny. So there's always that. So... For those of you like, oh, man, this Seat Time, this guy's an idiot. Let's follow him more. SeatTime.co is the website where you can follow us. We do archive all the shows there, put up all of our press releases, any other kind of fun stuff, anything Seat Time related. We are on the Facebook, facebook.com slash Seat Time. We're on uh, Twitter, so you can find us there. Seat Time underscore CO is the username there. Of course, we're on Instagram, uh, the YouTubes, all that fun stuff. If for some reason you think I'm ugly, but what we have to say is interesting, you can follow us on Stitcher. Uh, or iTunes as a podcast. We do have the audio out there. Or if you have any other podcasting fashion, our RSS feed is available for you to add. You just search for Seat Time. Two words, actually. And then uh, if you want to get really specific, you can type in a pint full of awesome because that's tagged in there as well. It makes it very easy. You can follow us and voila, you get to listen to me on the way to work, at work, while you're taking a poop. Maybe while riding your, your mountain bike. I don't really know, but you can do it, and we would appreciate it if you do. So what happens on this show? Well, it happens that people help us do this, and those people are fly racing, of course, huge, huge supporters. We uh, definitely thank them a lot. Uh, Stillwell Performance, so if you feel like your bike needs to be suspended better, they're people that you can check out. And Fast Company, Flex Bars and Torque Wrenches for your spokes. They're fantastic products, and you can check out their website to learn more or wait till later when we will talk about them. Yay! All right, so let's get into some shit. It's episode 128. Uh, we've been doing this for a long time. You'd think we would know better and uh, to push the right buttons, but we're figuring it out. So what's going to be fun is we're going to bring Zach Huber in a second, but again, if you're tuning in because you want to see the debut of the Woody and Stevens Arrive and Ride Adventure, that will be a little bit later, right before we start to bring in Mr. Nick Davis, so that's going to be coming, so definitely pay attention, and Zach is just making all kinds of noise over there. Somebody's getting impatient, so let's just bring him on in. Mr. Zach Huberty, how is your evening going? It's going great. Uh, 
weather's nice out here finally and just uh hanging out and getting all my work done from the weekend oh i bet so you don't sound very energetic i feel that i'm putting out a lot of energy but <laughs> you are just kind of sitting there hanging out yeah pretty much i mean i uh, flew out monday morning flew back sunday night and didn't get back till midnight and Flying really does take a lot out of you, even if it's only for you know two or three hours, and then there's a an hour and a half drive to and from the track. But I mean, I'm kind of exhausted. I'm still catching up on sleep. Yeah, and Jay, you live in Eastern Time Zone, and the race was in Central, right? Yeah, so it was nice. It was nice when we landed that you know we were able to kind of get like an hour back in a way, and but when we came back, you add that extra hour and. I don't know. You're just tiring, and it's, it's interesting. I'm almost as tired as I was as as if I raced. Really? I, yeah. I mean, this weekend it was all in a state park, and to go to any of the photo spots, some guys had like dirt bikes, but I rode a mountain bike. So it, it was probably it was like a mile from photo section to photo section. So it it kind of got a little tiring carrying around a you know big camera around your neck and trying to get to to each test in time to see all the riders. Yeah, well, you'll learn quickly that in those situations, you want to backpack. You do not want to wear the camera around your neck for multiple reasons. One, because it's annoying, and two, because you don't want that precious equipment hanging out there in the open as you pedal around. You will F something up and kick yourself in the junk about it and be really pissed off. Yeah, and it would have been nice, but then again, carrying a, that huge bas- backpack around was kind of a pain um, I know Shan Moore and Daniel Engel, they both had, I guess they're like little CRF-80s that they're cruising around on, but I didn't have that luxury. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll get like a little CRF-50. Well, what you can do is you can learn from their mistake, and, and, and or from, learn from your mistake this year and from their uh, their winnings and uh, and rent yourself one for next year. Like call whoever it is that they borrowed them from or whoever got them for them. And be like, I yeah. want that for next year. Here's a hundred dollars. Don't give it to Shan. Yeah, or you know, give him a little more money and get a golf cart or something. Yeah. Well, come on, man. You are a dirt bike racer. Don't get a golf cart. <laughs> you got to get a UTV souped up from uh, some badass place like Rah. You come yeah, on. Get, get the arrive and ride uh, UTV going. There you go. That would be pretty bitching. Hey guys, uh, can you bring those out the enduro? Yeah. What for? Oh. I'm using that shit to get to my picture-taking spots. <laughs> you come I may up. not end up at the picture-taking spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like come through uh, like a rape ape just charging through the forest. <laughs> I love it. Hey, can, can you imagine taking that down that waterfall? Woo! Um, <laughs> here's the better question. Can I imagine trying? Yes. Do I imagine doing it successfully? Mm, not so much. <laughs> I don't know. I- I think you'd be surprised with how those things, you know, go off road. Other than maybe it getting a little narrow at spots, but uh, I think it could make it. All right, well, I'm down to try it if somebody <laughs> wants us to. Somebody wants loan to one. foot the bill and then loan one. Yeah, I'm down to try. So uh, obviously, we're already kind of talking about some of the Missouri stuff that's been going on. You were at the National Enduro this weekend. You've been doing a really good job with Innovation Off Road. Uh, getting coverage out from the National Enduros that I don't think we've been seeing typically a little bit more grittier angle uh, than kind of just a press release in some pictures, um, which I've been enjoying. I want to say uh, good job. Congratulations. I really enjoy that. So keep it up. Um, what are some of the takeaways for you um, from this past weekend? Um, 
I mean, I guess I had a couple of realizations, and um, one of the things, like, I didn't see air group, like, almost all weekend, which is kind of odd because normally they're in the pits and, um, you know, are kind of around to talk to, but I guess they've been doing a lot of testing, and I think it was they flew out maybe Thursday or Friday morning. They tested Friday. They tested Saturday, got to the track around, like, 7 or 8 at night to, you know, finish their prep and decals and that kind of stuff and then I mean Nick was ready to go uh Sunday and he definitely showed and same with Ryder that whatever they're doing it's it's working for the team and um I think they had mentioned doing a little jetting and I noticed Ryder was running I think a different silencer this weekend and uh Nick was running some different gearing so I mean they're definitely becoming one of those teams to look up to and possibly for some of these other younger riders, like a team that you want to get on and eventually, you know, ride for. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. And that was definitely, and something I was going to allude to later is that, you know, that, that could be maybe a possible team that Craig DeLong could wind up on since he's been doing so well on that Husky. Um, I don't know if there's money in the budget for two GNCC and and Enduro guys next year. So it'd be if there was, it'd be cool to see the DeLong brothers, you know, under that tent. But it seems like since you know Craig DeLong has been doing such a good job on the Husky this year with GNCCs and in the National Enduros, that someone would want to pick him up and try to get him on a Husky for next year. So he felt, you know, uh, you know, was able to carry through with that momentum and not have to kind of learn a new bike. What do you think? I mean, he's definitely going somewhere, and I mean, Craig's still going to school every day, and I think he just got a practice bike from Hall Cycle, I think he said it was like last week, so he's been practicing on a stock bike at home, and then his race bike was with Andrew for the week, because Andrew drove down to Missouri to do some testing, Um, but I really, I kind of wonder where he's going to go, and if you look at his results and his brother's, you know he's eventually going to get to where Andrew is, if not further. If not to, to surpass so, him, yeah. Yeah, so if Husky was smart, they would say, hey, you know, Craig, let's put you on an XC2 ride, you know, support thing for next year and have you under, you know, in our sprinter. He's already there anyway, and, yeah. you know, he, he travels. But I don't know what Husky's vision is, and, you know, he's he's also – a great GNCC rider, and Air Group really isn't involved in GNCC, so I don't see him ever going under the Air Group tent. Uh, or this could be but, the perfect opportunity for the Air Group guys to kind of come into a full-time GNCC um, program. Like, if they were to, you know, say there's not budget for Craig with Andrew, they're just, you know, and they would want him to do a support thing again next year for XC2. It's like, well... Could Air Group offer him something? Because I've been thinking that it seems like there's a lot of speed that's lacking in some of the guys, and I wonder if there is a little bit of basis of the fact that some of these guys aren't racing a lot of big cross-country series like GNCCs or the OMAs, and if they need to start doing those more often so that at the National Enduros they can carry more speed because Charlie Mullins is just absolutely, I mean, dominating. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely dominating at this point, but, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you have to race GNCCs in order to be fast in the National Enduros. I'm trying to think of a good example of someone that's 
come up through just National Doros and doesn't do GNCCs. I mean, if like look at Nick, I, I I don't remember the last time he ever raced a full GNCC series. Oh yeah, no, he, he the only thing I think he's cross country wise professional level would be like an OMA. He's done quite a few you know OMA yeah. full series, but I don't think he, and he's just done some hand some uh, you know one handed uh, GNCC events. Yeah, so I mean, in order to dominate the national doors, I don't think you have to, you know, come from that GNCC background or, you know, race it simultaneously. It just so happens that Charlie is so good at both. And I think that's what makes him a threat and then also makes him valuable to the team that's, you know, backing him. Well, uh, so what, what are some, it looked like, again, we kind of see like Nick Ferringer getting off to a slow start. Uh, he keeps talking about, you know, I've worked on this, I've worked on that to try to get my sprint speed up from the very beginning, uh, moving yeah. forward. You know, what do you then? In the case of like, if if him not going to the GNCCs, maybe maybe wouldn't help, maybe it would, whatever. What do you think would be able to help him, kind of be able to get that that edge to really, you know, surpass Charlie Mullins, maybe from the very beginning. Um. I don't know. I'm at the beginning of the year when we were at Sandlapper, I could definitely see him losing time right off the start, like as far as aggression. But in the last couple races, that's really changed, especially uh, Sunday. He's really kind of increased his level of aggression off the start, just taking off um, and going as fast as he can. Whereas before, it kind of looked like it took him almost a few seconds to get into that pace, and that's where he's losing time, That you know, that first 200 yards. Right. Um, but this week and just the bike and how he looked, I mean, it looked excellent to me. It just, uh, I think for him it's kind of really getting used to that linkage still. I think he's finally gotten, gotten over that hurdle since he was so used to PDS. And, um, you know, the, he, he saw us things to work on but i mean i'm not one to say you know where he can make it up here or there yeah i wonder we were uh, talking with cody webb last week and, and there was definite a time in enduro cross where you could tell he just didn't he was losing an edge to guys and couldn't figure out where it was and so he started going and doing more moto practice and uh, he specifically said that out there when he was kind of going to some of those moto those kind of amateur races and going out to the track that he was picking up his aggression and learning how to ride a lot more aggressively and was able to bring that back. And you can tell that it's really helped out his ability to do better in enduro cross. I wonder, because you'll see videos of Charlie Mullins and like Caleb Russell, Josh Strang, uh, those guys on a moto track, they look good. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have a clue how they would wind up doing to say like an outdoor national motocross event, but... They still, you could tell that they look like they could at least hold their own in the top, four, you know, the top twenty to forty somewhere. Um, I wonder if there would be some some overlapping help that that would be able to get some more aggression for someone like Nick Ferringer, or for guys that kind of are having trouble getting past the speed hurdle that some of these other guys can carry. Yeah, I believe when I talked to Nick, uh, maybe it was at the Texas round that he has been doing a little moto here and there. Um, but I know one of the things that's really hurt him this year is since Russell Bobbitt's been hurt, he doesn't have that training partner at home anymore. Ah, yeah. So when he's going out to ride, he said, like, you know, he'll have to go out and do his motos by himself in the woods. But it's really hard to gauge your speed off of 
pretty much nobody. So I think when Russell comes back, it'll kind of, you know, change things quite a bit, and hopefully he can, you know, gauge off of some of Bobbitt's aggressiveness and pick it back up and take it to another level. But I, I thought one of the most impressive sections this weekend was wide open sand, kind of like an ISDE style thing, kind of reminded me of Mexico in a way. Um, but he he was only maybe five or ten seconds off of Mullins in that section. And that was a section where you thought Mullins would, you know, make up a minute. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't think maybe it's not his aggression. Maybe he just needs to make less mistakes and, uh, you know, pick up a little here or there. Uh, we did have a someone in the chat room, uh, Moto Fro, was saying that Michael Lafferty, a really good example of someone that you know would dominate in the Enduros without too much uh, cross-country background. But, I better agree completely, but throughout the past couple of years, we've definitely seen Michael Lafferty's dominance start to wane. Now, is that an age thing? Is, is he just coming to the end of his career and it's kind of, uh, he only has so much left in the tank? Or is it a chance that we've started to see more guys like Charlie Mullins and, you know, when he came through from 2010 and won the series on his Obermeyer Yamaha? Um, and we started to see that kind of cross-pollination of more GNCC riders come in have some of the more specific Enduro guys really been kind of losing control. Um, Russell Bobbitt won it in there, what, right after Mullins, right, 2011? And then it was Baylor, and then it was Mullins? Yeah. So there's been a little bit of dominance from, you know, more GNCC-specific guys as of late. So it'll be something to keep watching because I think if we keep seeing that kind of that dominance from these uh, from these racers that are a little bit more cross-country specific it'll be interesting to see how someone that might have more of a national enduro or more of an enduro um, background more of a single track kind of focus how they can learn to adapt to that speed that these guys who are out there doing three-hour races as fast as they can go through all this ter- different terrain um, to, to be able to beat them in these shorter sprints six short-ish sprints <laughs> how do we yeah i mean that? i think it's more like a coincidence that some of these guys in the past couple of years winning the championships are, you know, GNCC background. I think for them growing up, what's available to most of us, like less than 16 is hair scrambles. So if you want to be a top, you know, rider and get on a factory team, you're going to go to the GNCCs as a youth hair scramble rider. And then from there, working your way up, you're certainly going to make more money usually in GNCCs and National Enduros. And then kind of when you have the chance to do both of them and get into the National Doors, I guess eventually, you know, that cross-country background is going to follow you. But certainly these kids that are now, like with the National Door, you can be 13 and race them. It's it's breeding this new kind of more uh, Enduro-style rider, and they're going up to the National Enduro Series and not necessarily going through the GNCC and then crossing over. Yeah. It's interesting you say that a lot of guys under 16 were racing a lot of hair scrambles. I raced, I grew up racing Enduros. I didn't even know, we, you know they were hair scrambles uh, back in Louisiana, um, but I didn't ever race them. We did, we had series, but they weren't ever that good. We would have had to travel too much, so we just raced the the Sarah Enduro circuit. And uh, I don't think I raced a hair scramble until I was somewhere in my teens, and then I didn't really start racing them until I was in Texas, like oh, 2006, 2007, 2007. Yeah, 
And now I go back and forth between. I really enjoy them. They're fun. Speaking of going back and forth and enjoying them, you see this? You know what that is? That's my first place trophy from this past weekend. I won that. Racing dirt bikes. Ah, it's for the 30 plus A class. I think it's like 30 through 38. 30 through 38 is the age bracket. So vet A. Um, but it was so much fun. Uh, so it was a local TCCRA race there in Bridgeport, Texas. Um, I went out Sunday morning, spent the night at my parents' house in Crossroads, um, woke up at 5-something in the morning, went out there, did one practice lap, came back, had some water, got ready to race, raced at 9 a.m., uh, didn't get the whole shot, looked like Michael Ashley got that, got around him, though, into the second turn and led the whole thing. It was the strangest experience ever. Because that's never happened before, <laughs> ever. And uh, my, uh, I think my first lap, I was 20 seconds faster than the guy who got second. But on the last lap, his his last lap was 10 seconds faster than my last lap. So he was obviously gaining, and I was losing momentum. I was losing steam. And I think our average lap times throughout the five lap race was like uh, was was actually even. So we wound up, even though I had so many more faster laps than he did, it was like the last two where he really started to pick away at my time and catch up to me that they started to really equal out. So it's kind of funny. I don't know. When was the last race that you won, Zach? Um, that would be the Tennessee National Enduro. Since then, I'm getting crushed in our local series since I went to AA, so... Last year I was used to winning all the A class, you know, races. I think I won thirteen out of the seventeen rounds, something like that. And now this year I'm getting used to ninth through thirteenth. So it, it changes the perspective and in a way I'm starting to kinda understand where these National Enduro guys are that are in like the six to thirteen range. They've all come from this background of winning races, winning the local series, and then they come to the nationals and all of a sudden, you're not the top dog anymore, and you're trying to figure out how to pick it up or what you need to do to, you know, get there. And I think a lot of the times with these guys is they get discouraged and they kind of fall off, and they never hear from them again. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, really quick, we're going to change gears just a little bit and talk about one of our good sponsors, uh, Fly Racing. Um, and then after this, we're definitely going to debut the video, and we're going to call in Nick Davis so we can move along a little bit. We're going to get back into the Enduro talk, and I think this is a good time to kind of bring in Nick because he can give us some more uh, input on some of the National Enduros and obviously some of the stuff that's been going on with him. So Fly Racing, for those of you guys who don't know, huge supporter of the off-road scene. Um, you see them out at all of the big off-road events. Obviously, they're they're really huge as well in motocross and supercross, supporting guys like Andrew Short, Trey Kennard. Um, you see them with Chris Bach with the JCR team. They're huge supporters of Seat Time as well. Woohoo! Look at that. Oh yeah, we even made them a nice little sign because they're such big supporters. See it? Big supporters. We make little signs. So, but you can find out more about them at FlyRacing.com. What I wanted to talk to you about tonight is some of the gear because it's summer. It's getting hot. It was a little warm. Uh, by the end of the race um, this past weekend in Texas, but I was feeling great because I had my new Kinetic Mesh gear on. So for you guys who don't know, uh, Fly Racing does make the best mesh gear out there. 
Um, lots of different types of panels with different types of mesh. So things on the outside or on the inside, that has a better chance of being uh, caught by bushes or shrubs or things like that off-road, obviously. Um, it's going to be a little bit tighter, a little bit thicker, so it can handle that kind of stuff where in places where it's not going to be hit as easily, it's going to be more opened up so it breathes even better. Same kind of thing in the pants. Um, it's nice and thin and vented, so your junk breathes really well. Or, or maybe your lady junk. I don't. Know, it doesn't have to be man junk. It could breathe well either way. But it's good. It keeps you. It keeps you. Uh, it keeps you breathing nice. Your body cool, so all the sweat can perspire and get taken off your body by all the moist, wicking awesomeness that's in the gear. Um, and in, yeah, I mean that's the way it's supposed to work. That's it's cool. I like Fly Racing. No, they're a huge supporter of us, so we would like it if you would just go to their site, flyracing.com. You can look at gear and uh, the packages that they have and the top stuff because it's almost summer. It's going to be the kinetic mesh. Um, and Jimmy Alberton wears it, so duh. You know, why wouldn't you? And, you know, if Ronnie Mack was allowed to wear gear because overalls are pretty much like what his family states has to be worn, I'm pretty sure he'd have some Fly Racing gear on too. So, snap. So, Big thanks to those guys for helping and supporting Sea Time. If you were wondering where we were at when we went to Big Buck, you saw the pictures we were doing. Well, we were doing the KR4 Arrive and Ride program. Uh, while we were there, we were filming. We wanted to put together a little experience video, if you will, and we have titled it Wood, uh, Woody and Steven's Arrive and Ride Adventure, um, and we're going to debut it for you now. So hopefully for the next eight minutes and seven seconds, you thoroughly enjoy yourself. because they had a fun dinner set up. You know, the guys like Stu Baylor uh, and his boys, uh, Grant and Stu, came over. Had a couple other riders come out there, big crawfish boil, all that fun stuff. It was really awesome um, to be able to hang out just in that family atmosphere. And um, it, was, it was fantastic. They were super hospitable. Being at the track like that was great. I won't lie, we probably had a little bit too much moonshine and uh, maybe a few too many adult beverages Friday night, but we woke up Saturday raring to go. Uh, went in South Carolina, drank moonshine. At least that's what I'm told. So here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we got uh, Steven all ready to go there on Saturday. Uh, he had a fantastic time. I know the footage that he had was freaking amazing. Um, you could see his ear-to-ear -ear grin from where I was out taking pictures and doing shooting video and stuff like that. It was, it was uh, really neat to see, and I'm glad he got to experience that. 
Okay, Stephen. I have to tell you. I hope you wore your big girl panties. Had is a maniac driver. That drag from the dead start leaves my goggles laying on the damn floor. So I'm just getting pelted and blasted with sand and rocks and all kinds of crap. So I was like trying to pick them up with my feet. So by the time I got them on, we were like three corners into it. The, the green flag dropped, man. We, we got the thing started. A little bit of a rough start that uh, Stephen was fumbling around for his goggles and everything else. but. Uh, it was clear shown and we caught the tail end of the uh, second row uh, before the first lap was over and uh, uh, just kind of kept it rolling. Yeah, Stephen pointed out some good lines. It was a big issue right out of the gate. Uh, first lap, not knowing where to go. Uh, dust was a big factor because we had the dust from the uh, 10 buggies ahead of us. Since we had nobody around us, we had no one to follow. And uh, so uh, Stephen and I, I mean, we were trying to, he was pointing, hollering. I was kind of point there, trying to point the buggy in the right direction, holler, find me lines. And uh, we got it through. There's no explaining how intense and fast and crazy the whole race and experience is. Uh, get out there and do it any way you can. The KR4 Arrive and Ride program. Go do it. It's a blast. didn't know how the start was going to go. I've been, I'm decent at starts. Uh, I've gotten a few hole shots in my past, but I don't, I've never really like said, I'm, I'm a hole shot guy. And I, I felt like I was doing awesome. Going to the woods was absolutely amazing. Uh, bike rode great, especially for having never really even uh, really had a chance to test it. Because there is no riding at a GNCC. There's no pre-riding, there's no pit riding, there's no place to test. You pretty much have to show up ready to go. And that's where the KR4 Arrive and Ride program is so fantastic is that that bike was red T2 race. Um, unfortunately, not really taking the time to, to properly set up the cockpit um, was definitely a downfall. After that first lap, I had to shoot into the pits and I asked them to move the clutch lever down because my forearm was just blowing up. Uh, it was just too high for my liking. I tell you right now, this shit's harder than it looks. And when your hands hurt like a motherfucker, it's hard.
wanted to finish. Uh, I unfortunately nursed the crap out of that third lap. I just said, you know what? Started making a couple little mistakes that could get dangerous. And I'm like, I had a great time. It's been a fun, fun experience doing this KR4 arriving ride. Uh, am I going to do it again? Absolutely. Should you? Damn straight. Um, after that, we kind of took a picture when we saw the podium and we shot to the airport. It was unfortunately because it was in Charlotte where our flight got canceled or delayed. It didn't even come into Charlotte until like midnight. Um, the bar closed at 10.30, so we definitely stayed there for a little while and had a few too many Crown and Cokes. So we got home about 3.30 a.m. Monday morning, and we had left the house at 3.30 a.m. Friday morning. It was exactly 72 hours of, uh, of Woody and Steven's Arrive and Ride adventure. Um, it's a program I highly suggest that you check out. They're really cool people, and I'm super glad that we had the opportunity to kick ass with those dudes. So, hopefully you guys thoroughly enjoyed that. We will be pushing that live and putting out an email and posting it on the internet and all that kinds of fun stuff. But uh, we just we thought, hey, this is a cool platform. It would be fun to just kind of debut it here on the show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Unfortunately, Nick and uh, Zach didn't have a chance to see it at all because they're doing the show and they don't, you don't want to like, eat up your bandwidth for doing this awesome show by watching this other video. So... They'll get to watch it afterwards, and uh, yeah, so hopefully we can get some cool feedback for you guys. Like I said, we're going to be posting it later. Uh, big thanks to KR4 for allowing us to partake in that awesome adventure, and uh, definitely looking forward to do it again here in the near future. I need to make sure I finish a GNCC. Now that I've finally raced one, now I need to go actually finish one, opposed to um, you know being a bum and having mangina hands. So there's always that. So, luckily enough, we're joined by Nick Davis now. Um, he has, he's he's changed. He's got his uh, strapping KR4 shirt on. So obviously there's there there is a little bit of that change of guard that we're going to talk about. But just to to bring it in, Nick, man, how's your evening going? Good, man. Good. Got home from work and did some bike prep and some maintenance and did a little bit of riding and uh, about it. Just got out of the shower and talking to you guys. Well, you definitely look extremely clean, don't you think, Zach? Yeah. Shiny. It's like glistening. That's that's well, the thanks. word. Glistening. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> we like to make sure that we uh we take care of our guests. <laughs> so, uh going in from or get kind of getting rid, you know, coming out of the 2013, coming into 2014, you, you were kind of changing things up. Uh, from Far Husqvarna to the Obmar Suzuki team. Kind of talk about how that transition happened and a lot of the stuff that went on there that kind of brought you into, you know, how your 2014 looked like it was going to be working out. Yeah, well, at the end of 2013, um, you know, the whole deal with KTM got bought out by Husqvarna and that whole thing, and they wanted to do their own kind of pro deal, so... You know, Fred Andrews didn't really know what was going on or anything. So at the end of the year, I basically had nothing, to be honest with you. And uh, I was just planning on going to work like every other guy and racing multiple races and having fun, you know. And um, actually, my buddy Andrew DeLong, my old teammate, he uh, he helped me out and got me hooked up with uh, Keith Obermeyer. And, uh, you know, the whole Suzuki deal kind of came about through that. Got talking to him and, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, we were looking forward to the XC1 class for GNCCs and Pro and National Enduros, you know, on the Suzuki. Okay, and then, you know, obviously there were, you've, you kind of had a lot of trouble on the bike and things like that. Uh, 
kind of take us through maybe some of the races that you did that you had when you were on the bike at the GNCCs, some of the different problems that you were coming up with and kind of how you guys as a team handled them. Yeah, we just had a lot of, like, silly stuff happen, I guess. You know, uh, I burned, like, I melted the pickup on the skaters, uh, melted them twice and had some wiring harness problems. And uh, I dropped a valve in North Carolina, like, a lot of just silly stuff, I guess you could say, you know. Um, we basically handled it as, like, they kind of gave me the parts, and, uh, you know, I had a, a guy working on it that I had confidence in as a mechanic, you know, and then it got to the point where I was like, well, you guys work on it and see what you can figure out, because, like, as far as the electrical stuff, you know, I didn't have the computer system to, to work on the bike in that way, so they started working on it, and then we still had some issues, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, it just, it just wasn't working out. You know, I wasn't feeling comfortable on the bike and, and, you know, the, the whole thing just wasn't working out. So unfortunately we just had to kind of go our separate ways and, you know, I wish them the best of luck. And, and like I said, as far as them as people, they're good people. They just, it just wasn't working out with us, you know? Yeah. Um, what was the, I've never been in that situation. One, I'm not fast enough to have ever had anybody offer me, you know, a ride or of any of that sort. And, and so obviously at, at that point, never have had to, you know, part ways with anybody that has offered that to me. Wh- when did it kind of come into your head that, you know, this might be an option to, you know, remove yourself from the situation? Well, it really just, uh, I don't know, to be honest with you, it was kind of a hard situation. I guess, uh, you know, it, it wasn't good on my part in a way because I shouldn't, you know, it's not right to quit, you know, be, it's not really quitting, but like to, you know, you sign a contract with somebody at the beginning of the year and then not uphold it, you know? Right. So I take, I take full responsibility for that. Like I did leave. Um, it just, it got to the point where I was just like, guys, I can't, you know, I can't afford to get to the races because I'm not finishing races, so I'm not making any money. You know what I mean? I just, I can't afford to get to the races. Um, the bikes are breaking down. I'm getting frustrated. They're getting frustrated. Everybody was just grumpy, and uh, we were just kind of in a bad place. Right. So after South Carolina, it kind of come to me as I was really frustrated after breaking down there because I was running up front, and uh I was like, you know, we need to do something. So they took my bikes and they worked on them all week and everything else. And, and they told me that it was going to be guaranteed to finish and everything was going to be good. And we went to the limestone 100 there for in Indiana for the GNCC. And I made seven miles and the, and the wiring harness shorted out on me. And, uh, I guess I was just pretty upset and I just come back and I said, you know, Keith was there and I just was like, we, uh, you know, I don't mean to be mean or anything, but I just got a part of my ways. You know, nothing that they did wrong. They supplied me with everything that I needed. I just couldn't, uh, it just wasn't working out, like I said, for me. So right. that's yeah. basically when it happened, you know? Yeah, and I don't think there's any fault there, really. I mean, like you said, everybody kind of has to make their own decision. And sure, it, it left them in a hard spot, but, you know, they, from what it sounds like, they've rebounded quickly. Uh, pulling in Zach Ingram, and I know Zach was able to talk with him a little bit, so we'll be able to talk a little bit about that and how that's kind of progressed. But from from that point forward, once you kind of made that decision, um, you know, and, and you and Keith had that talk, what were your expectations? Was it literally just like, you know what, 
I'm just going to go buy a bike so I can finish these races and try to make some money back? Yeah, basically that was it. I mean, I, I had that talk with Keith and I gave him the bike back and I told him, I said, you know, I'm not looking to make any money off this. I don't want to screw anybody over. Uh, I gave him everything back. I mean, even to my goggles, my helmets, my everything, my, my riding gear, everything that I had, I gave back to him. And, uh, you know, cause I didn't want to get a bad name and I called all my sponsors and I was like, listen, I, you know, I really want to uphold all the contracts. It'll just be on a different motorcycle, you know? Yeah. So basically yeah. the ride home from Indiana, that's all I did was talk on the phone and try to get all of it lined up. And then, you know, unfortunately a lot of them, you know, kind of, kind of went with Keith, which I understand, you know what I'm saying? Because he, you know, it, it like I said, it, it no matter what, it, it kind of looks bad on my part because I did leave, you know what I mean? And I did sign a contract, but uh anyways, I just was like, well, I'm going to go buy a motorcycle and uh pretty much do it a full privateer ride. And, if I have money to get to the races, I'll go. And if I don't, I don't, you know. So I went to a local dealer of mine and bought a KTM 252-stroke and and uh, been riding it ever since. Nice. Uh, I guess I guess if I could jump in, I guess one of the things I was wondering, Nick, was do you think that first GNCC is where, like, all the problems stem from? I know like um, Tanner Thomas went to that race and took his race bike, and then when he came to Texas – they were fighting all kinds of like issues from the water. I think it had ruined one of his wiring harnesses as well. And it, for some reason that day, like we couldn't get any jetting going on his bike and it came back to pretty much being the wiring harness and somehow water had gotten in it and you know, it was causing all kinds of issues. Huh. Yeah, Zach, I, you know, I don't really know, man, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I melted a stator in Florida and melted that pickup on the stator at that GNCC. But uh, I, honestly, to be honest with you, I think I just had bad luck on them Suzuki's. I took I took a brand new motorcycle to Florida to go down there to practice and get prepared for the GNCC, and I rode that bike two hours, and the whole entire motor locked up on it. And uh, you know, it was broken in the whole nine yards. Turns out to be that the head, like where the water comes in on the water ports of your jug to cool your motor down, from the factory they were like sealed shut so melted that whole motor so that was just bad luck from the from the factory you know what i mean so i i don't i don't really know what to say with that you know yeah yeah and and your practice bike you had no problems with that right no no practice bike was pretty much bulletproof just that race bike like i said from pretty much day one this kind of was i guess you'd say it was like a lemon it was made on a monday or a friday afternoon or something you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah did, um, did it ever come up like with Keith where he said like well let's try racing the practice bike type of thing or you know let's you know let's forget the other bike and try that or not not really not really we never come up with that uh, like my practice bike was basically kind of like my backup bike I guess you'd say like that was the one that I won uh, the national hair scramble in Missouri on so, like, that was my national hair scramble bike and my kind of enduro bike and stuff. You know, that GNCC bike was just supposed to be for GNCC. Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay. That's crazy. Um, so, we've moved on to the KTM. You bought a 250. Uh, I just, I'm going to ask, XC or SX? XC. Man, that would have been... Uh, that would have been balls of the walls if you had been like, I'm getting on an SX. I'm getting crazy out there. <laughs> 
Yeah, I bought the XD just because I was looking for the big tank and stuff. Because, uh, like I said, being kind of a privateer at, in the beginning was was pretty tough to get a bike and everything and all that extra stuff, you know. Oh yeah, it's we've got a couple guys around here that have for a while they were on different 250s and 300s. They would buy the XC because of the fact that they wanted all the bigger tank and stuff stock, and then they would buy the aftermarket uh, 250 or 300. Obviously, you know, comparative head. And uh, the SSSXS version, so the like crazy compression, uh, you know, above the SX, and they said that I think Russell Bobbitt did it, Cole Kirkpatrick, guys like that. But we had a couple different guys in Texas do that, and they said that those bikes were just phenomenal like that. And I was like, it sounds like it would scare me a lot, but yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so when did, so how many races, or did you do any races under the on on this KTM? kind of in the privateer fashion before you kind of got involved with uh, the guys from KR4? No, not really, to be honest with you. Um, you know, even after, like I said, like I went with Suzuki and left Fred Andrews, we're, we still stayed really good friends, you know, and uh, talked to them on the phone basically once a week, and they're great people. And, you know, I absolutely love that family. They do uh, everything for me. They're awesome people. So, you know, it was like, you know, I told him the whole situation with Suzuki, and I told him I was going to buy a bike and everything, and he was like, you know, man, let me see what I could do. I'd really like to have you back as my rider. And my little brother, Grant Grant Davis, he rides for them in the 65 class for KR4, so he's like, it'd be awesome to have you as well, you know? So yeah. I was like, all right, man, that'd be sweet, you know, just let me know how you make out. And uh, heck, he called me back basically like, within an hour and was like, yep, we'll do whatever we can do to help you out. And, uh, we want you to pit with us. And they helped me out with decals and pipes. And basically, you know, I can't, can't say enough about the whole KR4 deal and Freddie Andrews and the Keegan family and, you know, giving me basically a place to pit, you know, support everything that you could ever ask for. So I can't say enough about them. Yeah, that's cool. And if you could tell from that video, we had a blast with those dudes. Um, it was a super, super family environment. And, you know, it, for a while there, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, they were kind of like, you know, hey, um, Fred and his wife are going to be staying at the hotel. You guys can ride back and forth with them. And, and uh, you know, if you just grab yourself a room at one of those hotels, and we're like, uh, honestly, we would rather stay at the track, you know, because we're, we're track guys. That's what we like to do, we like to camp and hang out and drink beers and goof off and stuff. And they were kind of like, oh, okay, well, we can do, you know, if that's what you want. And so they, you know, they, they can, but it was awesome. Like, we loved the atmosphere that they had. So, I mean, I, I don't ever see myself being able to race a full GNCC series or ever uh, being able to make it to all the events. But if I could do two to three a year, I would love to be able to kind of pit and hang out with the KR4 guys every time. I mean, it was a fantastic experience for us. So if, you know, obviously I didn't do it at the level you're going to be doing it. That's a totally different experience. Um, but if if it's anything like what I had, I think it's going to be a fantastic experience. So it could be kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. They're uh, they're great. That's for sure. Like I said, they they show you a hundred percent support and like the whole arrive and ride thing that they're doing. I think it's a great, you know, it's a great experience for like the kids and and for everything because, you know. Like, perfect example, my little brother, you know, it makes him feel like he's on a factory team. Like, he has the posters and they got his gear and they make him feel like just 
like he's on top of the world. And, and that really means a lot to little kids, you know, like that. For I, sure. I just think the whole situation is awesome. And I love being a part of it, too, because, like, I love the kids, you know. That's what it's all about. And, and you know, watching them come up, and, you know, that, that's basically what it's all about for me. Yeah. So, uh, I guess if I get to come to another GNCC, I could be, like, your wingman. I could be, like, there hanging out, helping out, you know. Giving you some motiva- yeah. motivational quotes. Definitely, man. That'd be awesome. Come on out for sure. <laughs> All the support is better, so that's sweet. <laughs> well, um, you as well, kind of. You know, we you had been at all the national enduros with the Suzuki with the Obermeyer Suzuki guys. Uh, you did not come this weekend. Um, you and I had talked beforehand, and you mentioned that you wanted to take a little time to get used to the new bike, and you raced. So tell us a little bit about the local event that you did, and uh, how it kind of worked out for you. Yeah, I really wanted to go to Missouri, but I just, like I said, I just kind of wanted to stay home and regroup and uh, just kind of get my bike dialed in because before Loretta Lynch, the GNCC, I literally rode my bike three days. So I was like, I got to kind of get it set up. You know, I was stock suspension and everything else. So, yeah, I was like, this weekend I'm going to go to a local race and just have some fun and see some fans that I haven't seen all year and uh, went up there and Bike worked awesome, ripped an awesome hole shot and got out front and, uh, basically just pushed, pushed for the whole two hours. It was pretty muddy because we got a bunch of rain, but had a blast and ended up coming away with the win and, and, uh, put a little bit of money in my pocket and, and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was a great time. Man, that sounds a lot like the win that I got this weekend. <laughs> nice. I that got, was awesome. I got the whole shot and won the whole and, and led the whole race too. But of course I was not in the pro class. I was in the 38 class, and the, the, the guy who had been winning the last four, Scott Bailey, was on a CRF 150. So. Oh, nice. You know, so it was, if I had got beaten by him, it would have sucked. But I was, I was very happy. To, I, I'm gonna talk about it more. I just want everybody to realize this. Um, so, uh, yeah. But, uh, so Zach, now it seems that I have been on the KR4 experience. Nick has taken part in the KR4 experience. When are you going to go do a GNCC and take part in the KR4 experience? Uh, I don't know. I mean, as soon as possible. I've been searching out some different dates lately, and uh, I was hoping to make it to Ohio, and then for some reason something else came up. So it looks like I'm planning on being at Snowshoe. That'd be uh, that'd be the next possible date. And I've heard it's a great race, and it's kind of technical, which is – the type of terrain we have up here in the ECA, so uh, yeah, I'll have to talk to him. I definitely, I think Frank had asked me if I was going to the, I guess Georgia and Cross, which is another race I'm looking at going to. But yeah, I I love the family environment. Like that's that's one of the main reasons I always did hair scrambles because of that. You know, you f- you feel like you're a part of a bigger family and. I think that's what Care for has really, you know, embraced that concept and brought it into that professional atmosphere of the GNCCs. Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm about to make a comment, and I don't want it to make it sound like it's a jaded, don't like, uh, the dirt wise, you know, ready to race program because I haven't done it. Um, so that's the way, you know, that the only difference is that I see like right now is that you could. It seems that they're still kind of a fledgling program coming up um it's a great idea and i'm hoping that shane watts runs with it and gets the chance to do what the kr4 guys have because you'll have options um i think the shane watts program will be run different 
than what the guys from KR4 is doing. Um, different in a bad way? Absolutely not. I, I don't think so. I think with that kind of option, because there's different people for all these different experiences, um, and, you know, and so being able to be like, you know what, I think I want to go with the Shane Watts type of deal, or, you know, you know, I, I like this family atmosphere. I want to have my kid race in one class, and I want to race another one. Like, you know, they're going to have the kind of KR4 deal. Um, and that's the one thing I, I want to, I'm looking forward to learning from you, Nick, is how they handle um, bikes at, at a professional level. Um, how the XC2 bike, that you're, are you going to be in the XC2 class? Yeah, yep. yep. Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I thought you raced this last time. Um, that, that's, that's what I want to know is how they're, how well your bike is prepared and things like that. Like, we obviously they're doing a really good job with the kids, but at that professional level, it's like, are, you know, are you going to wind up with having some of the same problems with the Suzuki? Is it just a shitty bad luck year for Nick Davis? Or, you know, is this what's going to turn it around? Yeah, yeah, I think it it'll turn it around for sure. Like I said, we're on a good program now and a good bike, and and uh, you know I look forward to good things. I came out in Loretta's, you know, like I said, three days on the motorcycle and was running up front battling for the lead with Grant Baylord pretty much all day. And unfortunately, I did lose my rear brakes and uh, kind of had you know a malfunction with them. But honestly, that wasn't KR4's fault or the bike's fault. That was my fault because it just uh, wasn't enough time on the bike and I didn't have my rear brake pedal adjusted the way I needed it so I was dragging my brakes and I just burned the fluid up so for the next one I got my pedal adjusted different and got a solid brake rotor on the rear and we won't have that problem again so we should be good for uh, West Virginia this weekend right man well um did you get a chance to look at some of the results from the National Enduro that happened this past weekend or maybe some of the fun articles that Zach's written on uh, Innovation Off-Road I haven't even had a chance yet, to be honest with you. It's been so crazy busy this week. I haven't had two seconds, but. Man. Well, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Break down for him. You had some good points that we talked about with Charlie Mullins. Uh, I like what you said about with Craig DeLong. Obviously, those two dudes are doing really great for their respective classes. Um, uh, it was Zach Ingram is on the bike, 13th overall on the Suzuki. Um, the Obermeyer Suzuki did really good. Um, I think for him, especially having been on the bike for two days, um, you had a couple other points yeah. though in that recent article that you put out uh, that might get Nick thinking about some other things that he's uh, you know had been uh, having had been a racer um, at some of the earlier events. Uh, I don't know what specific points you're talking about, but I mean going back to like Ingram, I think he said he got the bikes Thursday night. He tested in Missouri on Friday and Saturday. I thought it was pretty interesting. I caught up with him Sunday, and he thought the suspension was, like, too soft for him. I think it was the stuff you were running, Nick. Um, and I don't know, if, I don't know like, where you guys compare weight-wise, but I kind of mentioned, like, hey, you know, how about you change this? And they were – they treat it as a test day, but not in a test day that they would change things. They just wanted to keep the bike where you had it and just run it like that. And from what I kind of said to him, I was like, you know, don't be afraid to change anything. I think that's what Drew Smith has, you know, told both uh, Nick and I in years past who does our own suspension. And, you know, he says, don't be afraid to change anything. If it's not working, change it. And it can't get any worse if it's already not feeling good. You know, you can only get better. Um, But I'm trying to think of the other points you're alluding to other than, I know Lafferty had an off day with getting knocked out and then, Corey yeah, Butcher. Corey Buttrick did a little bit better too. You said that they were they made a couple changes to his uh, his settings. 
Yeah, his dad kind of admitted to me that they tried to squeak a little too much horsepower out of the bike by. Um, yeah, I have that problem too. <laughs> well, and Corey, Corey will tell you outright, like with his weight right now, they're really trying to make the bike as powerful as they can. And you know, throughout the season, he's you know, he seems to be getting like a little, you know, a little more muscular and thinner as the year goes on. But they really need that horsepower to carry him through these different races. And he even said that he's really trying to ring the bike out while, I guess he was following Lafferty at one point. He's like, Lafferty doesn't even look like he's pushing hard. But yet on this, you know, 300, he's having to push as hard as it can go. Right. Um, but uh, he had a great how, ride. How he, heavy he, is he? He doesn't look like he's big. Like, No. Um, he's not where he used to be, but I would say he's too... I don't know, 200 to 220 maybe? I, I, I don't know offhand. Good but, lord. Yeah, but if you think about it, he was off. He was like on the couch for almost a year. And I mean, yeah. I know if that happened to me, what I would probably look like. I mean, you can only imagine, but he says he's riding like every day and doing local Enduros and hair scrambles. And, you know, he's picking it back up. He just says he. He's having a hard time not thinking about things when he's riding. He, he was kind of almost scared and cautious, you know, starting out, and now it's getting to the point where he doesn't think, and he's just pushing and pushing. And yeah, you know, that fourth test, he was fourth overall, which kind of shows, you know, where his progression is going. Yeah, you know that the chat room is about to call Corey Butcher and tell him that you're calling him fat. No, I didn't. <laughs> We're gonna tell him Corey that you called him heavy. Does that sound better? I mean, you brought it up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's okay. It's yeah, okay. He openly says that they're trying to, you know, squeak. You know, they need the bike to be powerful, and um, I know they they were worried this weekend about the jetting being too lean, so they richened it back up. And I mean, he's hauling, hauling the mail, hauling the mail. Yeah, those guys are going fast. Uh, it's pretty cool to see. So, Nick, moving forward, KR4 program. Um, what are goals, um, things, things that you're really trying to, to come away with this coming weekend, um, as a success that you're like, we're really making progress and don't just tell me finish. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> not just finish. Uh, I'm really confident in my bike and, and, uh, in my program right now to be really honestly, uh, I want to be on that podium. Like I want to be. After last weekend at Loretta Lynn, battling with Grant Baylor for the lead and uh, up front like that, it pretty much, I don't know how to explain it, but I guess it really lit a, lit a fire under my butt to just want to win because uh, it gave me a huge drive. Like the last two weeks, I've done nothing but pretty much have in my head that I'm going to win West Virginia. Like I just want to be up front and battling for that win and, and just honestly – not to sound arrogant or like a prick or anything, because I like I want to get along with everybody, but um, I just want to win just to prove to everybody, you know what, Nick Davis is here, and, and it wasn't him, it was bike issues, and you know just to prove to sponsors that you know maybe they would want to still help me out, you know what I'm saying? Because I can be an upfront runner, and, and and I wasn't being a dick, I was just trying to better my career, you know? Yeah. I understand that for sure. Um, Zach, what do you think we should expect 
this weekend from Mr. What, from Nick, Nick Davis. Yeah. What are, what are your what are your what are your thoughts on on this? You you know Nick. You've grown up together. You you yeah. know the you know the animal within. So uh, tell us about this man. I mean, back when I raced youth, I think Nick was like eleven or twelve, and that was probably one of like the best years he had. He was like winning. He's winning from the 10, 11, 85 class, and he was up in like the top five overall in youth. So I know he definitely has the ability in him. It's just I know at that level, any little mistake kind of just like adds up and adds up. And, you know, he definitely has it in him. I'm just, that's up to him. I don't want to put any pressure. Too late. <laughs> Come on, Zach. Just, tell, just say that you got to win. Just say it. You gotta win. <laughs> it's gotta right. happen. Well, he, he, I mean, he just called Corey Buttrick fat. So, I mean, oh, if on. you don't win, I mean, you're just think what he's gonna say about you next week. He's gonna be like, I gotta come on the show. I got something to say about Nick. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying about Nick at all. I mean, about Corey. Or any of them, really. Man, I hate, no. I hate to see what you say about me behind my back. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, Eric. Here's a good one, Nick. Since you you grew up with Zach, right? What's uh, is yeah. there any good stories or uh, anything fun to, that we could tell the viewers about uh, about the the owner and proprietor of the InnovationOffRoad.com and <laughs> AA class? Nah, man. He's just super nice kid. That basically sums it up. Just a good guy and wants to you know just have fun and ride motorcycles and just like all in all, just a good. Good guy. That's about, that, that sums up Zach. I like it. I like it. Well, um, I definitely uh, want to say that we do have other big supporters of the show, and uh, i gotta I got to take a minute to, to thank another one of those guys right now. So Stillwell Performance, we've been talking about riding dirt bikes, racing dirt bikes, all the stuff that goes along with that. One of those things that you have to pay attention to when you're doing all this stuff is your suspension. Um, I, I definitely, I had never had my suspension done before, um, by anyone like, you know, sending it off and all that kinds of stuff. And, and having doing the show, we got a chance to talk with some Stillwell guys. And then Alan Stillwell came on the show and he was like, well, Hey, let's do this. I was like, okay, cool. So he did my suspension, sent it off. And I could tell you, I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like it was super cool. Um, for the, the, the whole process that we went through with filling out the, the rider form, doing the little rider interview, sending out the suspension, them dialing everything in, me getting it back, and them kind of giving me notes to, to help me put it on. And then while I'm at the track, I can text him, and he would give me advice on how to kind of mess with, you know, kind of tweak things a little bit and, and how not to tweak things, how not when not to mess with it and when to try other things besides it just being a suspension problem. So super cool process to go through. Um, I definitely would recommend anybody to go check out stillwellperformance.com. Um, shoot them an email. Tell them that you heard about them on the show. And, yes, you will get a discount. Uh, we don't have a discount code yet for their site. But what you can do is call them and tell them, ooh, I'd like to order the adjustable linkage guard that you guys sell on your site. I heard about you on seat time. Isn't there a discount code? Yes, there is. And it will give it to you, and you will save some money off of awesome products. I definitely recommend that if you are on a KTM. Um, they do have them for other bikes, but I especially recommend them for a KTM because uh, of the that weird uh, angle that that thing is at, man. Holy crap, That the, the linkage. Uh, it will catch on stuff, and it will pitch over the handlebars, and it super sucks. With that linkage guard, it doesn't happen, and it's adjustable, so you can actually change your head angle a little bit with it without messing up the uh, – the actual geometry of the suspension and all the settings and stuff like that. So it's cool. Check them out, stillwellperformance.com. Thank them for their support. 
All right, so let me get into the notes and talk about some other stuff that's coming up. So we do have the Mountaineer run this weekend. Uh, Mr. Nick Davis, you are a past GNCC competitor. Um, tell us some of the things that we should expect for what's coming up at this event. Rocks. Definitely rocks. Expect rocks. Sexy. Yeah, West Virginia has got some awesome rocks. Actually, I really personally like this track a lot. It's got awesome flowing grass track and rocks, like up and down hills, tree rooty, rocky, a lot of fun. Um, the first year they had it, like it was kind of muddy. And then, uh, the last year wasn't too bad, you know, so we've been there when it's dry and we've been there when it's muddy. So all in all kind of depends on the weather, I guess, but it, for me, I love it, but it's kind of like I'm from Northeast Pennsylvania. So it's like what I ride at home, you know, um, other people down South, I guess they might hate it, you know, if they're not used to the rocks or whatever. Uh, I like rocks. I don't know why. I'm not. It's not like I grew up around rocks or anything like that. For some reason, I think it's. You were talking earlier, Zach, about like the technical aspect of snowshoe. That you know, the terrain would kind of seem like what you guys ride a lot, and you would be decent at that. It's what you ride a lot. I don't ride that a lot, but for some reason, I really enjoy that kind of terrain. I think it's because it makes you think. It's not. It's not just about how fast you can go in an open section and carry the speed through the turns. Uh, there's a little bit more to it than that. So that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun, and the track just flows good, so it uh, it's exciting. I'm I'm super excited. I can't even wait. So, Zach, are you gonna butt in there for a second? No, I mean that's definitely one of the ones I'd love to get out to, and I think it was uh, was it Rory Mead that won that the one year? I just remember just how technical it was, and he's just able to he was able to stand up on that two stroke all day and just. Know, get through all the technical rocky uphills, and I believe that was one that Caleb Russell had. I remember seeing some big crashes. I believe it was from that one, just from the roots that just throw you off in the middle of the woods here and there. But yeah, definitely. Man, so uh, the XC2 class now, Nick, you're moving forward. KR4. Um, what other kind of stuff should we should we look forward for the year? You're going to be doing the national enduros as well. Yeah, I'm going to try to do as many as I can. Like I said, uh, you know, KR4 is helping me out huge, but um, it's still kind of like, you know, I still got to go to work during the week. Let's just put it that way. Like, I'm not making a fortune off of it, you know, so yeah. I'm going to try to do as many as I can. And uh, just basically, honestly, right now, I'm kind of taking it race to race. You know, that's my biggest thing. I just want to win races and get up there battling in the front and and just see what happens, take it from there. But I definitely would like to, you know, go to some national Enduros and GNCC doing both because, you know, the Enduros are fun and it's something different. And, and I think it teaches you a lot, you know, for reading trail and, and uh, passing lappers and just, you know, getting through fast. So definitely look forward to doing some of them for sure. Very cool. What about uh, X Games in Atlanta? Or uh, not X Games, Endurocross. I've been drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Enduro cross is something that I would really love to pursue someday, but I don't know. You know, there's really no talk of it right now. But I would definitely love to do it. Um, I'm definitely going to the Tennessee Knockout. That's for sure. I got invited this year to do it, so I will definitely be there. I did it last year, and I learned a lot from it and qualified. But uh, I think I placed like ninth last year or something. So. This year, I'm looking forward to uh, 
a lot better of a year because last year, like I said, just the first year there, got my feet wet and learned a lot. And this year, can't wait to get back because I that technical stuff like that is so much fun. It's it's a blast. Yeah, that's cool. We're gonna have a huge Texas contingency at uh, TKO this year. We've got shoot. I'd say at least 10. It could be closer to upwards of 15 guys driving from Texas. Um, so and I think that's actually just racers. I think we may have more people going, but like we're actually going to have somewhere between 10 to 15 racers uh, going. I'm on row 7 in the amateur program. Uh, if you got invited, then that, that means you don't have to do any of the Saturday racing, right? That's just you guys go straight to the Sunday racing? Yep, yep. Yeah, I got invited in there. So Saturday... I'm just there walking the track and walking to, like the sections and watching you guys, and then Sundays, Sundays are day. Oh man, uh, you're gonna be laughing your ass off when you see that C time KTM 300 uh, come off of row seven. <laughs> it's gonna be a spectacle for sure. Oh my gosh. Nah, it, it, everybody crashes and it's it's really like it's technical so pretty much even the top guys you know we all crash we all i mean last year in the enduro cross part i crashed right in the middle of everybody and everybody was laughing and it's just like what are you gonna do you just get up and keep going you know? yep no it'll be a good time for sure well cool well uh zach and i are going to kind of close things up here on the show as we kind of uh kind of close things up for the evening but i just really wanted to say thank you very much for being on the show we really appreciate it um it sure has been an interesting year. Um, it's disheartening for some, uh, you know, making some changes, and now looking forward to the, you know, to the to the changes that you have made and the positive things that come from it. So we really appreciate you being on the show, and good luck this weekend for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it, and uh, look forward to maybe getting on here again and doing some more stuff with you guys. And uh, you know, thanks Zach, thanks Brian for everything, and. Yeah, like I said, I just can't give it up enough to KR4 and all that they're doing for me and the Andrews family and stuff. And uh, look forward to having a great year and hopefully talk to you guys soon. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it, man. And don't forget to tell everybody to watch Seat Time because, uh, you know, we could use the help. Definitely, I will for sure. I'll uh, I'll freaking tell everybody. So thanks a lot, guys. I <laughs> Absolutely, appreciate it. Absolutely, man. You have a good night. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good, buddy. See you. Later. See all right. Later. So, Zach, uh, tell us what's coming up for you in Innovation Off-Road. What should we be looking for uh, on the website and being posted to some uh, social bits out there in the world? Um, let's see. I've got a couple articles coming up on Mike Lafferty's bike and Casey Martinez's bike, which I did Saturday in Missouri. So I spent the probably a third of the day with their mechanic, which they share. Um and then this weekend we have a, a rock and doro for the ECA, and then the following weekend we travel to Virginia for the the Virginia National Doro. So that's yeah. about the next two weeks of plans and all kinds of things, you know, mixed in there, trying to do some specialized, you know, local content around here and a couple different uh, executing some ideas with a couple different shops that are local. Yeah. Well, uh, it sounded like you said you got some new business this past weekend at the National Enduro. Is that anything that we can talk about? Uh, which one? I don't know. You didn't tell um, me anything specific. You know me. I'm just asking about stuff I probably shouldn't know about. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm just... You can say I'm no. Just, you can say no. I don't want to say no, but just, uh, you know, supplying some photos here and there for 
couple different companies, so it's, it's on the the up, I guess, there, but yeah, just trying to constantly increase, you know, our presence and trying to, you know, get more work so I can make this a full-time gig. Do good. Yeah, you just graduated too, right? Yeah. I'm man. Finally, uh, Look at you. It's coming a man underneath our wings. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Penn State alum now, which is kind of hard to imagine, but I mean, all weekend, I kept on seeing Penn State, you know, alumni or students, you know, even on the plane, and you can't say that you go there anymore. You say that, you know, you went there or you were alum, so it's, you know, another phase in your life, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm an alum of a lot of things. Some of those things I can talk about on the Internet publicly, and some of them I cannot. Uh, the good stuff was definitely high schools and colleges, but it's interesting how now that I'm, what, 12 years past graduating college, that I use eh, 10% of what I learned in those five years. Uh, four and a half years. Four and a half years. Um, no, no, it was five. It was five. Damn it. But it was fun. It was interesting. It was a cool experience. Uh, I mean, I met a lot of people and tried to do a lot of people that I never would have had the opportunity if I hadn't gone to college. So it was fun. Um, but uh, what's coming up for us? So hopefully, I, I'm i getting neutered on Friday, so that'll be fun, a nice little vasectomy. So next Tuesday, we're going to have a hell of a seed time to talk about of the, the balls getting clipped. So that'll be interesting. Um, and then I'm, I might try to make another TCCRA race in two weeks. It just depends on how I heal up from the ball situation. And then, again, it worked out really well where I could leave early, early, early Sunday morning get one lap of practice in and race the first race and then come home. So Tam, even though she was, you know, she was only alone for about half a day uh, with all three kids. So if the, if the, if the TCR in two weeks is the long program is like the last and the last in the day, I probably couldn't go do it because it's just too much time for her to be alone with all three kids. It would drive her nuts. And I don't want to do that to my wife. She's a great wife. So, um, but X Games is going to be fun. We're driving down to Austin as a family Thursday night. I'm going to take Kaylin to Enduro Cross on Friday, um, and I think too we're going to do like Step Up um, on Saturday. So that'll be a lot of fun uh, to take her to those events and to kind of goof off and and uh, introduce her a little bit into the more extreme extreme sports side of things. So it'll be a good time. I don't know. Zach has no comments. No, I mean, sounds like fun. X Games is something I'd love to get to, and um, for the Endora Cross, trying to get there from a, a media perspective for that one. So, yeah, it's definitely on the list. Just got to keep checking things off, I guess. You know, well, little... if, if I'd have known that, I'd have put you in as my media correspondent opposed to myself because I got media credentials, but the problem is, is that I didn't realize that I was going to be taking my daughter, so I'm kind of in a, uh, uh, in a in a predicament. But we'll figure it out. We will yeah, figure take, it out. Take your daughter with you. <laughs> somebody, somebody. Well, I can't because the media credential will get me into the media spots where I can take pictures. But she can't get in because she doesn't have a media credential, and she's eight. It's not like I could be like, wait here by the gate while Daddy goes, takes pictures for an hour, because <laughs> I'm a great dad. Uh, <laughs> so, um. No, it's funny too because uh, one of the Kudla, uh, Ryan is in the chat room, Ryan Kudla, and he's like, you know what? It's, he's like, are you going to go to the video game event too? Because X Games apparently now has a video game event this year, which I don't, I don't really know how to think about that. Like, I get it because 
gaming is getting bigger, so they want to be able to pull in that audience. But holy shit, really? Like, you're going to bring that audience into the X Games? Like, that's kind of retarded. Like, bring back rollerblading before you bring in fucking video gaming. You think stupid. it's more for the, for the financial side, though, of getting, say... Oh, absolutely. EA Sports or... Absolutely, it's financial decision. I mean, yeah, I mean, even if they didn't... I mean, I, I don't know if they got paid by somebody, like, somebody, you know, like an EA, or like, we'll give you X amount of dollars if you create... Okay, cool, like... If nothing else, it's bringing all the people that are hardcore gamers, which is a huge, huge market, into the X Games. Like, they may not have been in the X Games before, but they may be going to X Games just to watch this event, but then they're going to be buying shit at X Games. They're going to be doing stuff at X Games. They're going to be putting money into CODA, which is the Circuit of the Americas where the X Games is being held. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's for the money. It's Come on. Video games and the X Games? That's for the money. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I could ask Sal Masticator for a pass. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it'd kind of be like, uh, I don't know, like when you go on a plane and you have like a little kid, you know, they just count it as, you know, part of your your credential. If they would count her as, you know, kind of tagging along with you. Yeah. Hey, dude, it'll, if I walk in and she's on my shoulders, can I just be like, well, I mean, she's kind of like my twin. Yeah. <laughs> like make it look like we're attached at the neck. I don't know. I guess it probably wouldn't work. We'll figure it out. Regardless, her and I will have a great time. Whether I'm taking pictures officially or not, we'll have fun. Uh, and I'll probably have the credential just for those moments where I can like get closer and be like, shut up. I'm taking a picture. <laughs> Brian Pierce. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, before we close it up, I definitely want to say thank you to the guys over at Fast Company. Uh, it's Fastco. It's Fast co.com see they, they should have just gone with fast.co like we did ctime.co but no it's fastco.com to get confusing uh, for those of you guys who have not used flex, flex bars before you definitely need to go uh, to their website you need to check it out get in touch with those guys they are the kings of ergonomics so if, even if you're not looking to buy flex bars but you're kind of like uh, you know I get blisters in weird spots and donuts don't help taping doesn't help or man like I get weird aches like I just can't figure this stuff out they have done the most amount of ergonomics testing out there, so they will, if nothing else, be able to help you get set up a little bit better. And in the long run, I'm pretty sure you'll wind up buying a pair of Flex Bars because you're like, holy shit, these guys know what they're talking about, and I want to support them. Um, another tool that they have that I was completely baffled in how awesome and easy it is to use is their spoke torque wrench. Um, and now I don't have to like ding on them anymore and mute, play musical notes and try to tune it like I would my snare drum. Um, to figure out if my wheel is, if all my spokes are tightened or not. And so that has just been amazing product. And what I like about those guys is they literally moved to Utah from Southern California because they were like, hey, we're a company of motorcycle riders making products for motorcycle riders. Why do we live in Southern California where we can't ride? And so they moved to Southern Utah where they literally, and I've been there to their shop, you start your motorcycle in their shop and you ride out their shop and you turn out of the parking lot onto the trail. Like, there's no, like, ride down the road to the trail. There's literally right out of their, like, you take a left out of their parking lot, you're on the trail. So those are the guys, I mean, they support us, and we want to make sure that you guys support them because they are so involved in dirt biking. It is amazing. Um, so just please go check them out at fastco.com and support the supporters of Seat Time. Well, this has been episode 121. Zach? Thank you for being on. Tell us a little bit, of, again, where more people can find out about what you're doing at Innovation Off-Road and what you're trying to do uh, with said website. 
Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me on again. I mean, as I said, just graduated from Penn State and really trying to involve, you know, evolve this company into to something bigger where eventually it's not just me. It's, you know, some other people that are helping me out. But uh, you can find us on Facebook at Innovation Off-Road, on Instagram at Innovation Off-Road, and then Twitter, because they kind of limit your name length, it's just IO underscore media. Um, IO underscore media. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like everyone at the race now is like, you know, they've just shortened it to IO, which it works for me. I think it's definitely, you know, something down the road to think about. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate everyone having me on. I always have a blast, you know, talking racing, and I'm passionate about it, so... It's a good, a good Tuesday night. That's, that's yeah. how I like to spend it. It's not it. the worst time. Sometimes it could be better, but at least it's not the worst time. Worst time yeah. would be out there getting some weird STD from somebody that you're like, man, this isn't even worth it. Yeah, that would be the that would be the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> it got weird, and I'm okay with it. All right, so we definitely thank you guys, everyone in the chat room, and those tuning in. You've been watching Seat Time, so you can find us on our website, which is SeatTime.co. We are on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Seat Time. We are on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Seat Time underscore CO. Instagram is just regular old Seat Time, one word. Uh, and YouTube, you can find us. We do have a channel there, and if you wanted to subscribe to us, then you're just automatically updated whenever we add videos or we're going live like we do with these shows, all the fun stuff that does go on there. Um, please subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes to the podcast so that way you can get the audio whenever they come out, typically on Wednesdays when they get the shows exported and they go live or, you know, they're on the website if you want to watch. Either way, we appreciate you doing it. Again, big, big thanks to Fly Racing, Stillwell Performance, and the guys over at Fast Company. Huge, huge supporters of Sea Time, and we want you to go support them for supporting us. Uh, can't say thanks enough. Uh, again, I'm getting neutered on Friday, so be ready for interesting uh, Instagram pictures because I promise you there will be at least one of a bruise and a cut, and it may have to get pulled off of Instagram. But I've just got to do it. So I'd be like, I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Right? Right, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right. Well, everybody. Oh, one of the things that I almost forgot to mention, and I'm so sorry for this. Uh, so... KR4 has a really cool program. They arrive and arrive. We've talked about it. We think you should try it. But what was also that's neat is for the John Pinton in Ohio, the KR4 uh, arrive and ride guys are kind of auctioning off a seat, a chance to ride one of the one a chance to drive one of their uh, side by sides for excuse me for the UTV race. Oh, of course. Look at me yawning on camera. What a dick. Um, so I'll post the link to the seat time page so that you guys can check it out. But definitely, there's going to be an event Eventbrite for it, so you can buy a ticket, and they're going to auction it off. Um, so you essentially, it's like a raffle. You know, you buy a ticket for X amount of dollars, and they're going to pick a thing out of a deal. And if it's yours, woohoo! You only spent, you know, whatever the ticket costs versus however much it would cost to rent the side by side for the entire event for the entire weekend kind of deal, which I think is. It's not cheap, but it's it's the way to do it because you're actually going to finish because your machine won't break. So we're going to be talking about the – we're going to post that link so you guys can go check that out. We would appreciate it if you did. Again, thanks for paying attention. Episode 128 of Seat Time. We'll see you next week. Always enjoy a pint full of awesome – goodbye? Yes. Bye.